0: Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Mem. We're going to go from the fourth last line of uh, Lama Tessam, with base 39b. Today's Shish Lili um, so, uh, so if you've got the name, May his memory have a blessing. So yesterday we learned, we started the Mishnah, which discussed that so you're not allowed to soak bran, etc. You're not allowed to do these things that will allow it to become chametz. And we were discussing similar and relevant halachas to this concept. So, Omar Deverebi Shilla, said, Vatika, sorry, you're allowed to have this flour dish. It was a dish which they would add flour to. Kori, um, Vahotanya, Vatika, Asur. But doesn't the Bricea teach that it's Ossia? He says, be of Milcha be He says, Here's where it's made with oil and salt. Then it would be mutar. So it means flour, oil and salt. That would be mutar. But if it's made with water and salt, then it would not be mutar. And the easiest way to learn this is, I don't know if uh, it was Shabbos last week's stuff May Paris Ein Machmitzim. That concept's going to come up. But if you have pure, besides for water, like fruit juice, but by fruit juice we mean any liquids from uh, plant, etc. and milk and honey and those things, it doesn't cause khomets. Um Oma Mazutra Mazutra says, A person shouldn't even thicken his dish with flour that was roasted in the oven. What they used to sometimes do is they would roast the wheat or roast and then grind it into flour. Now by the fact that it's roasted already, remember it can't become chomets. Once it's been cooked or once it's been baked, it can't become chomets again. So so therefore it can't become chomets. But still you're not allowed to do that. Why not? Dilma Loboshil Shapir, maybe it wasn't... Cooked properly and it will become to it will come it will become So nice. you 've got to be very careful even though um, on the surface it seems like you roasted that flour you ground it up so it shouldn 't be able to become comets because it's been roasted before maybe it wasn 't roasted sufficiently if you 're roasting meat, you must be careful not to let two sorry if you singeing uh, uh, wheat, that means uh, putting the wheat in boiling water. Again, that will, if it does it quickly enough and thoroughly enough, that's what we would call sc- scalding, and it cooks the wheat and stops it becoming chametz, even though it's in a full thing of water. But you've got to be careful not to do two wheats together. <laughs> because one piece of wheat might go and sit in the crack of the other piece of wheat for lo di and the water won't surround it on four sides for and it might actually ra- uh, become homet uh, again i 'm not clear exactly, so what are you supposed to throw one grain of wheat into the pot at a time, Not to exactly what I mean don 't do two at once, but that 's what it sounds like. Um, the danger is wheat if you, i don 't know if you 've seen a wheat kernel. It has a little ditch in the one side, kind of like a, a crack, a crevice. So, if one piece of wheat gets lodged in there, it stops the water entering, and then it's sitting in a pot of water, so it will actually make it become so it won't get scalded, it will just start to cook. Abaya says, you know, A person is not allowed to roast two stalks of wheat together because the juice might leave the one and go in and be absorbed by the other one, and that will cause it to become comets. Again, they would one of the ways to dry it out quicker, they used to put it in the oven to roast, but by saying you've got to be very careful not to roast the different uh, pieces of wheat together so that the water doesn't, the juice of the wheat doesn't transfer to the other one and make it common. Omer um, Lea Bayeh says, I hachi afilu kharanami my high ratio bolo irich ratio. So Robert says, if that's a concern, then you can't even do one piece. Because the juice might go out of one end of the wheat and into the other end of the wheat and become chomat. So eloma rova, mei peros ninu, um mei peros, it's fruit literally we call water of fruit, fruit juice, or may peirush, ah, and mei peros cannot cause it to become chromat. So we have what we're gonna see that will become clear in the next few lines, but we actually have a math locus like Rova. A, a says May Peros can make something chromat. And Rover says they can 't so Rover has uh, no concern roasting meat together uh, roasting wheat together, because even if it makes a lot of juice and it ends up boiling the wheat in its own juice, it will never make it comets, because may Paris and Mahzin the juice that comes out the wheat can 't make a comet so a buyer that is a concern so now, but now we just uh, a buyer revises his opinion slightly a buyer retracted from that he says the call as long as the wheat, the sorry, as long as the liquid is flowing, it won't cause it to become chomet. So as the liquid comes out of the wheat, which is our concern, and it will then go into other wheat, as long as it's dripping down, it's not going to cause any of the other wheat to become chomet. To Omar Abbai, as a said, Ho is also if you 're roasting wheat in a jug if it's, if the jug is upside down that 's fine if it 's upright it 's also again the concern is if it 's the right way up, then the water the the juice of the wheat drips to the bottom as it 's dry as the oven's roasting it and drying it out the water of the wheat drips to the bottom of the container and it sits there, and it will then cause the wheat that 's at the bottom to become Chomet. But if it's, the ra, if it's upside down, then it's just going to drip out. And he's not concerned that while it's dripping down the wheat that it's going to be absorbed into wheat because water will, yeah, water that's moving won't cause Chomet. Rava said, I feel again this is, that's all according to a buyer who's so concerned that May Peros, mitzin the juice from this wheat, can make the wheat Chomet. So he has to say, you have to do it upside down, that the water doesn't sit on it for any moment. But Rova is not concerned. He says, Om, Rova, Omar, I feel is a kiffy. you can even do it in the jug, the normal way up. Nami, sorry, that would be permitted. May Peyros, Nino, May Paris, Ein Mahmitsin. it's May Peros and May Paros do not rise. So it comes out, generally when we have a Sabai buying Rova, we pass can like Rova, except for very select cases. Uh, there's an acronym Yalkagam for six cases where we pass in like a buyer over rova but otherwise every single time in Shas we pass in like rova over a baya so we would pass in like rova over bayer and therefore strictly speaking you could make flour with uh, mixed flour with some with made payros, and it would be kosher for Pesach the only thing is there are more for various reasons, says we, uh, there are more, there are more, says Al Minag, the Ashkenazi Minag is not to make matzah with other things as well, with other Meipairos. It probably has to do again with that sugya that came up last Shabbos, you have to see exactly, is it a blanket heter for Meipairos, there's a concern what happens if there's a little bit of water in, in the May peros? like you take orange juice, but someone's put a bit of water in the orange juice, and you want to make your cake with that orange juice instead of water, but there's already a bit of water in the orange juice. According to just about all Rishonim, in that case, it would become comets, it might even become comets quicker. Um, so therefore, we don't actually make uh, things with flour and, other, and May peros. but strictly speaking, based on the Gomorrah, you could. Okay, let's go on to the next point. This is about lasisa. Now, lasisa was a, a, a stage in the wheat when when the wheat was still a whole kernel and there was still bran on it. They would soak the wheat or the barley to make it easier to when they would pound it to remove the to remove the bran. And if you don't do that, you end up with a very poor quality flour. Because it's flour with bran, with so it's not a very smooth, nice, fine quality flour. Um, and strictly speaking, it seems that when the wheat or the barley are whole kernels, as you'll see, wheat is hard, barley is smooth. But since they hard kernels, they don't become chomets so quickly. So strictly speaking, if you would soak them quickly and then uh, pound them and get on with the show, they wouldn't actually become chomets. So again, just because you are doing lassisa doesn't necessarily it's going to definitely become from it. But again, there would always be a concern around lassisa, this uh, soaking the wheat or the barley in water, is that you are at the end of the day soaking your wheat and barley in water, which is playing with fire regarding chabat. So Tana we learned in the price Ain in Pesach. You're not allowed to do lassisa with barley on Pesach. Nisbaku asuras, loy mutaras. if you did soak them, if it was soaked to the degree that the barley started to split, I guess as the water gets absorbed and it kind of starts to become hometz, it splits open, then it would be forbidden. If it has not yet split, it would be mutar. Rabbi Yoisi, I Rabbi Yoisi says, if you see it starting to expand, Maybe when it's just even when it's just starting to split, showing the chometz, Thompson soak it in vinegar and the vinegar constricted it. Somehow the vinegar prevents it becoming expanding and becoming chometz. Omar Shmuel and Halacha Krebi Yosi says the Halacha is not like Krebi Yosi. I- once it started to split, it's too late. You can't go and put it in, in vinegar and say, oh, it's not going to become chomets anymore. And Jesus says, this that we said if it's split, it's now and it would be also, awesome, is not if it actually split, but even if it's expanded to the degree that just leaving it on top of a barrel of wine and the vapors and fumes that come from the wine will call it to split. From that degree onwards, it's already osur. The Shmuel is baku Mamush. Shmuel says no, it has to actually crack open, split. This is an Shmuel actually paskin like that in the village where of Baybar Chosu, he said that they only become osur when they actually split. So it's a little bit more lenient. Again, you're not allowed to soak this barley, because if you do soak it, um, and it splits, it's Chomets and it's Osur, and we just said that it has to literally split it, not that it's going to split very soon or very easily, but it actually has to split, then it would be Osur. If it's not yet split, then it's still kosher for Pesach. Rabba says that the about Nefesh should not soak wheat. My area, bal I feel. Kule alma. namido ohotanya ein loysin soiron bechet This what do you mean a bal nefesh? A bal nefesh. Rashi here translates a chosid, a pious person. I. If you want to be extremely pious, don't soak. Don't do the siss of wheat on Pesach. What do you mean? Someone who wants to be extremely pious. No one should soak wheat as the price it says. you know, not like, allowed do the siss on barley on Shabbos. So how No, this is what it's what he's saying. Baal nefesh. I feel. In the it says a bal nefesh, even wheat, which is harder than barley, shouldn't do lasissa. Uh, you might have said that, look, barley is awesome. Barley you're not allowed to do lasissa on. But wheat, someone who's a chosid, someone who's very careful, I'll come back to that term chosid, someone who's very careful should definitely not do um sisa. But wheat, a pious person shouldn't do it on wheat. Rabbi Nachman says that someone who listens to Abba, someone who listens to this opinion of Rabba, will eat bad bread. Afisha generally means moldy, but I think here it just means bad quality bread. And why? Because remember, as I explained at the beginning of the discussion of sisa, unless you actually soak it to remove the bran, you're going to end up with this very poor quality flour. So he says if you listen to this opinion that you're not allowed to do sisa on wheat, you're going to end up eating bad quality, or not bread, bad quality matzah. And oh, it says, both ravhuna. In the household of Rabbah and the household of Rabba, Bar- Rabba Barovin used to do the So that's the one opinion. Um, that it seems, well, the first opinion Rabba said you shouldn't, uh, a pious person, should not do the And then this other opinion um, says clearly you're allowed to. So he was Yorob Nachman says you're definitely allowed to do lasissa and he brought two other sages who used to do lasissa. It seems for wheat, barley the price that says you're not allowed to do. Just interesting on this term balm um, Bal Nefesh. Literally, what's it? Bal Nefesh, someone else of an Ashoma. Rashi generally translates Baal Nefesh or at least, I don't know about generally, but I often translate Bal Nefesh as a chosid. Now when we say a chosid, we mean a, a pious person. The margin notes here bring other translations of it. It says, Yoreh Shomayim, someone who's God-fearing, Chared on the Fosho, someone who's worried about his uh, soul. If you care for your soul, you'll uh, be careful with these things. But interestingly enough, I always remember my grand, I remember a few times hearing from my grandfather. He says, what? so Baal Nefesh, we generally translate, Rashi, he says, translates as a chosid. That's a person who's on a very high level. And he says so too when you read the poskim and you read the Mishabura says a Bal Nefesh should be careful with this. Or so-and-so or this commentary says a Bal Nefesh should not do that. He says, Who's a Bal Nefesh? Is it anyone who wants to be religious? He says, No. A Bal Nefesh means someone on a high level. Apparently Rav Gifter once shouted at some bochrim. They did a practice and they said, Oh, but a Bal Nefesh should do it. So he said, What do you mean? You think you're a Bal Nefesh, then what are your Rosheshibas? Are they angels? Because obviously, a bal nefesh is a chosid, which is someone on a very high level, not a regular person. Obviously, someone has to measure, evaluate for themselves if they think they're on that level. Are you keeping the whole of Shulchan Aruch? Are you very particular? Are you being successful? And then you can move on to the next level and start worrying about these things of a bal nefesh, of a pious person. But not it doesn't mean when we say a bal nefesh, uh, literally someone who's concerned about their soul. Someone who wants to be religious doesn't mean that they have to be careful with that. It would mean a pious person. Okay, but back to our discussion regarding Le Sisse, Rova Omer, Ossalilsois. Now, interesting, if we're going to see Rova's going to adjust his opinion, but he starts off with saying it's forbidden to do the Ella, loisin, hudaloi, ho, sorry. Oh, but the has said you're not allowed to do the on barley, which implies you are allowed to do the on wheat. Says lo mi boi No, that's uh, that's in the phrase of lo mi boi. It's not necessary. Why lo mi boi chitin al maya? It says obviously I don't have to mention wheat because wheat has that uh, crack in it, that crevice where the water will go in and make it become chometz quicker. But even barley, which is aval seire de si shapridami. But barley, which is smooth, I might have said you can do lassis on it. Kamash Milan, the Brisa is coming to teach you not. So it's not that barley you're not allowed to do, but wheat you are allowed to do. It's if you're not allowed to do on barley, you're obviously not allowed to do le on wheat. It says, Harar my Rova. Then Rover revised his opinion. He says, Mutalilso, so you actually allowed to do le sisa. The Tanya, as we learned in another braiser, Nekir You're allowed to fulfill your mitzvah of matzah with pastnakia, clean bread, and hadraw bad quality flour. Now, veihevshanikia below the sisa, you're not able to get this clean flour, this high quality flour, unless you do the sisa. So, by the fact that the brisah says you can fulfill your mitzvah with pasnakia, it must be you allowed to do the sisa. It says, "Aisivayra hakimchim rova challenges." It says, "Hakimchim nochrim, flour and solets, fine flour." That's the important one for us. If that belonged to Najus, forim, if it's from a village, Tahirim, then they would be Tahir. Villagers weren't so careful with their quality... Now, remember, what would make the wheat subject to being Tome? Again, if it became wet. So, if you did Lesise, now your wheat is subject to, tom, to Tuma. But, if it's of a village, they weren't careful to have good quality meat, and therefore they would... Um, Grounded without doing the sisa, and therefore you can assume that their wheat is actually tohar. We shall but if it 's of a city where people are more particular and make sure that they want good quality qualified tomaum. Now in my time, the. But now what, as I explained, what's the reason the, the flower of villages is? Because they don't do lasissa. And if you look, the Bryce are called it the soiless of non-Jews. Soylas is refined flower, pasnakia. So we see that you can have pasnakia without lasissa, it's obviously just much harder to get. So Robert says, no, that's going on Kemach. I this that it said soiless of non-Jews. Uh, sorry, this that it says um There's no lasissa that's going back on, um, got back on chemach, the not good quality flour. Says, Bosser Donofik Oma my time a law emel a maho. After Rova left, Rav Papa went something along the answer. Oh, why not remember to challenge him from the following to Oma Rebizera, Oma Rebirimia, Oma Shmuel Rebizera said, Name of Rebirimia, name of Shmuel Chitim Shal Menachus, ain't loisin or The wheat of Menachus, of mincha offerings, you're not allowed to do lasissa to and minchas have to be soyless, They have to be fine, good quality flour. So how, you, according to Rava, if you do, le, if you don't do lassisa, you're not going to get nakia. That's clearly a good quality soyless, fine flour. That's clearly refuted by this. That says a mincha you're not allowed to lassisa too. okay, so that's uh, Rav popper's challenge to that opinion of Rava that you can't get soyless. You can't get fine or good quality flour unless you do lasisa. But nevertheless, carrying on with the discussion, the Hodorama Rova then revised his opinion. So Rova went from saying it's osur to do lasisa to saying you're allowed to do lasisa. And now Rover says mitzvah l'ilsois. It's actually a mitzvah to do lasisa. Shanimar, as the posuk says, es you must guard the matzos. Now remember, we learned what does it mean when it says ushmartem eshamatzos? It means that. There's two, obviously, when you guard it from becoming chomets, it must be for the sake of, when you guard it from becoming chomets, it must be for the sake of the mitzvah of eating matzah. So that, remember, that was, there's two aspects. So it says, if you didn't need to do the what do you need to guard it from? At what stage is it not going to become chomet? It says, Ishimur e, delicious. So it says, Okay, so why don't we just say straightforward? We're speaking about the stage of kneading. When you add the water to the flour, that's when you need to do shmirah from. That's when you need to guard it from becoming chomet for the sake of the mitzvah. He says, He's going to prove that it must be from an earlier stage. He says, Shimur delicious love shimuru. It's probably too late. It's not considered guarding it. Why? So, well, yeah. He says it can't be from Lashisha. You can have dough from a non-Jew on Pesach. Obviously, you've got to make sure that that dough did not become Chomet. But, As long as you eat a Kezai's matzah at the end. You must eat this kazais sort of matzah at the end to fulfill your obligation of eating matzah. But you don't have to eat it at first. Um, yeah. Basically what we're referring to often, remember the mitzvah was to eat the matzah and the korban pesach. Like we eat the afikoman at the end of the meal, the achrona. So for that to fulfill your mitzvah of matzah you have to have eat what what the gemara calls matzah matzah that's been shmurah that's been guarded from becoming chametz for the sake of matzah this dough that you bought from a non-jew you can eat it on pesach as long as you make sure it didn't become chametz but you can't use it for your mitzvah of matzah this is now my timer why not the only what could be wrong with it? it's kosher it's kosher for pesach it just was made, it must be, because there was no shimur dam. Oh, the Labor Day, shimur Why don't you just do shimur from when you took, you, you go buy this dough from your non-Jewish friend, or the non-Jewish shop, you check the dough, you make sure it didn't become chomets, and then you go and bake it. Bake it in mind that you're baking it for the mitzvah of matzah. El Shmamina Shimu mei korabe it must be you have to do shmirah from much earlier on. And by the fact that if you buy dough, the shmirah it's too late to do shmira, it's too late. Let's just call it a matzah lishmo matzah for the sake of the mitzvah, must be shmirah has to have been done much earlier. Oh, my, my, my he says, "No. Maybe there the problem is because from when the from when shmira was necessary, there was absolutely no shmira. When the non is making this matzah, making this dough, he's not making it in mind to protect it from becoming chometz. Never mind to for the mitzvah matzah. But." where it could where the time to start being careful about it becoming Shimur. Um, I and he did do Shimur I when a Jew's making matzah, he is going to be careful it doesn't become Khomets. Achanami Shimur delisha Shimur. Well then maybe if he only has intent from the stage of kneading when he adds the water, then it is a good Shimur. Okay, so there's no proof for Rav. Rav wanted to say, I'll, I'll prove to you that you're allowed to do Lasissa. Again, remember Lasissa is soaking it in water. Because Shmirah has to, what is Shmirah? Guarding it from becoming Chometh for the sake of the mitzvah. He says, oh, maybe guard it from becoming Chometh for the sake of the mitzvah from the time of needing. No, Rav says, I'll prove to you that from the time, it must be discussing much earlier in the process. He says, oh, and then we refuted that. We said, that's not a clear proof it maybe is only from the time of needing that you would actually have to have this lishmo intent, as long as you were very careful to keep it from becoming chomets earlier. So that's where we end off. But then the Gemara says, lo Even though Rava doesn't have a good proof for his opinion that you have to have at least more from earlier on, Robert didn't retract. Rava ki said to those who Turn the sheaves and then tie them into bundles in the field. So this is basically from just after harvesting it. He says you must harvest it for the sake of the mitzvah. Al mo shimu He holds you have to have shimu right from the outset. I'd be careful not to like drop the wheat into any puddles or place it in water or anything like that from the moment that it's been harvested for and it needs to be shmir, uh, shmura it needs to be what we would call shmura Matzah from the beginning, from the moment it's been harvested. the Ravina. My Ravina his mother used to put the special grain aside in a bucket. I from the time of harvesting she used to put grain aside for the matzah. Okay, so it seems so we have a whole range, firstly regarding Lesisa. Um, Rova, as we said, comes out, it might even be a mitzvah to do lassisa. but either way, the last point, um, other opinions, says, also to do lassisa again, that's soaking the, the grain to get the chaff out, to get the, to, it's soaking the grain, the wheat or the barley, it seems barley is clear from the price, it's also to do le sissa, but wheat is a question. Um, but again, the sisa is soaking it to get the brand. Can you get a good quality flour? Is it osur? Is it mutar? Or like Rove concluded, it's actually a mitzvah to do the sisa, I guess, so you have a good quality matzah. Now, this last point we mentioned was very interesting. We, to keep in mind, the question is, and this is a, an important halachic discussion, from what stage do you have to have to guard your matzah from? Again, there's one aspect of obviously you have to make sure your matzah on Pesach is not chomet. That's a given. But there's an added dimension of Shemartemes HaMitzvah. It's a matzah, so you must guard the matzah, and you must protect it from becoming Chomets for the sake of the mitzvah. I, uh, sh- again, as I said, what we call Shmurah Matzah, but also what's referred to as making it lishmo, making it for the sake. We discussed this a little bit the other day. So there's basically three opinions from what stage it should be shmura from, ideally from the time of harvest. Ah, you, you want Shmura Matzah, you want to have the best quality, the best, uh, the most, and this is how Shulchan Orof Paskans, L'Chad this is what you should try to get. Matzah, um, from wheat that was from the time of harvest, they were watching it to make sure that it didn't become Chomet, it didn't come in contact with any water. So that's uh, the, the strictest opinion. More lenient opinion is from the time of meeting. Sorry. And from the time of grinding it, when it's whole grains, even if water falls on it, it's unlikely to become chomet. If you only have to worry from when you grind it into flour, that's the one lower level. And then there's a very lenient opinion which we don't really rely on. You might be allowed to rely on in very, very pressing situations. It's not even clear with that, but the, from kneading, when you take your... And basically, based on that, theoretically, you could... I mean... Uh, could you buy flour in the shops and make your matzah from that? So firstly, we can't because of how they prepare the flour. It's got to, I think how they prepare our flour is they basically somehow wash the flour. So that would be a definite problem. But strictly speaking, if you had flour that was not khametz, according to this opinion, you could do, make it lishmur from the time of needing. But our matzah, when you buy shmura matzah, the special matzah for the Seder, and this is what we might put particular to have that what we call shmura matzah for the, for the seder is matzah that was shmura from the shasak tzira, from the time of harvest. Quite a, I think it's quite an amazing thing to think about when you open that box of matzah, that wheat from the time it was harvested, they made sure that no water touched it until like they like came to baking it and then they were very particular. But that's matzah shmura. Um, I think the regular matzah we have is from the time of grounding. Now, I think generally we get like rakuzans and mazmots. I think the Rakuzins, the Shmura matzah—that's from the time of Kedera—and for your mitzvah of matzah, you should definitely be using that. So when you're saying the brocha al chilas matzah and for your afikomen, etc., you should definitely be used trying to use that matzah that was protected, that the wheat was protected from water from the time of Kedera. But b'shasat chak, you can rely on from the time of as long as it was Shmura from the time of um, from the time of grinding. Okay. Next point, um, carrying on with this discussion. But Ahu uh, arba with what to do with uh, wheat that comes in contact with water? Ahu uh, arba the There was this boat of wheat that sunk in the river chista. Shari Rava is v'nul Rava allowed them to sell it to non-Jews. You can't sell it. To, it was shortly before Pesach. You can't sell it to the Jews because it's chametz. The wheat was sitting at the bottom of the river, um, but you can sell it to non-Jews. If you have a garment that you know had kilaim, but you can't find kilaim, and it was a woolen garment and you know that there's a linen thread somewhere in it, but you just don't know where it is. You're not allowed to sell it to a non-Jew. Um, the reason being, as we'll see, is because the non-Jew might come and sell it to a Jew, because no one knows there's kilaim in it. If it's a garment that's clearly half wool, half linen, then you can sell it to a non-Jew, because even if he sells it to a Jew, the Jew will be aware that it's, uh, it's shatness and he won't wear it. But if it's disappeared, you're not sure where that thread is, then you can't sell it to a non-Jew. He says, You also can't make a, 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 a saddle for a donkey. Again, because if you don't know that it's kilaim, he might cut off a piece and use it as a patch in his garment. But, but you can make it as for a mace. Now, the Gomorrah goes back to its point. You're not allowed to sell this, uh, this garment with kilaim in it that you don't know where the kilaim is because he might, the non-Jew might sell it back to a Jew. So, so too by the matzah. If you sell the... Sorry, so too by our case. If you sell the wheat to a non-Jew or this grain to a non-Jew he might go and sell it to a Jew you know that it was sitting at the bottom of the river and therefore Jews shouldn't use it and you sell it to a non-Jew but you can't, shouldn't be allowed to sell it to a non-Jew because he's going to go sell it back to another Jew. Says said, "Yo, let vino l'Israel ki Says, "Oh, you're right." Rovers says, "I'm going to retract from that." He says, "You must sell it little bit by little bit to Jews that they will make sh- that's the amount that they will definitely use by Pesach. I don't sell whole large sacks of this." grain to other Jews, sell little bits of Jews, the amount, let's say it's a week before Pesach, you evaluate, oh, they're most likely to use a kilogram of flour over the next week, you can sell them a kilogram of flour. That's what he's telling about. Just an interesting side point that's obviously discussed whenever, when this uh, Brycer comes up, but are you allowed to, use, so it says you're allowed to use kilayim for a mace. It says, but we say you when you, in Menachos it says when you're making a garment for a for a deceased person, you must leave the tzitzis on. Otherwise, it's mocking him. It's saying, look, we can do mitzvahs and you don't, and therefore you'll have a garment without tzitzis. So you have to leave the tzitzis on. So shouldn't you say the same thing here, by putting shrouds that have kilayim? Isn't that mocking the mace? So, the one there are a few answers given, but I'll, I'll just mention two of them. The one answer is that no. What, when's it, It's also to wear shatnas to wear kilayim to wear a mixture of will and linen when you get benefit from it. That's when it's also. If you're not wearing it for benefit, etc., like is discussed. If you're wearing it to sell, you're not wearing it for the sun or the rain. You're just wearing to display it or to transport it. You're not getting any benefit from it. Then there's no isra of kilayim. So, so to the mace, the mace doesn't get any benefit from this from his shrouds Therefore, it's not an isra of kilayim. That's the one answer given. Um, another answer given, an interesting one by Rabbeinu Tam, is that not specifically Tzitzis that we're particular about with the mace. Because Tzitzis we say is Keneged is equal to all other mitzvahs. And therefore it's such a big deal when the mace, when you put on a garment without Tzitzis on the mace, you're saying you've re- you're really missing out. Look what a big deal. But kilayim is just one of the other 613 mitzvahs. It's not such a big deal. Therefore you wouldn't have to. Make sure that a mace um, doesn't uh, is not wearing kilim, okay. And there are a few other answers, but that's just an interesting side point that comes up. You're not allowed to thicken the dish, a, a pot, a pot. But whatever you're cooking in that pot with flour. If you do want to do um, thicken the pot first, put in the flour and then put in the vinegar seems the vinegar speeds up the cooking. But according to this opinion, you want the vinegar to be as raw, as sharp, as strong as possible. So you put in the flour to thicken and you quickly add the vinegar to that flour, which will then make it... Cook very quickly and it won't be chomet. The Yeish Omerim, even if you put the vinegar in the dish first, and even though it's partly diluted in the rest of the dish, and then you put in the flour, that's also fine. Who's this Yeish Omerim? Who's this opinion that allows you, that says that the vinegar will still speed up? Remember, the concern is when you put this flour in the dish of food that's going to become chometh before it cooks properly. We know once the flour is cooked properly then it won't become chometh. But maybe by time it takes so vinegar speeds up the process. Who's the opinion that says even if the vinegar is diluted in a whole, in, in the whole dish it will still speed up the cooking? So, as we learned in the Mishnah this is regarding Shabbat. If you had a pot or a large pot that you took off the fire, you're not allowed to put spice in it because it's a clearishon. Remember, clearishon is the pot that you cooked with on the fire. Even if you take it off the fire and it's still hot, it's considered what's a clearishon and it will cook the spices. you can put it in the bowl or the plate. Once you've served some of the food onto a bowl or a plate, you can put spices into that because it's a klirishon. Says, Uda, er no. saying, davash, and Rebutan says, No, you can put the spices in any pot that's not on the fire unless it has vinegar or bran. Uh, what do we see? Because the vinegar or bran speed up, in, increase the cooking. So if you put the spices in a clearishon that's not on the fire, it's fine. The spices won't cook, won't really cook, and you won't transgress Shabbos. But, or or, or I mean, or actually, Rashi says we're talking about a cliche, So let's learn a clichene. So if you put spices in a cliche, it's not going to cook unless there's vinegar in it, or tzir, or um, fish, uh, fish uh, bran, then it, will, then it will cook because the vinegar speeds up the process. So too, if you have vinegar in a dish and you want to thicken the dish on Pesach, you can add some flour because it will cook very quickly. Then the Gemara, so that's... Uh, that's that point. Then it says, Why don't you learn that this opinion is Rebbe I, We said there's an opinion that says as long as the dish has vinegar in, it will cook the flour very quickly and therefore it's fine to add flour to thicken it. We said that must be Rebbe Yehuda. Why don't we say it's Rebbe Yoisi? The Tanya Rebbe Yoisi. Rebbe Yoisi said, this was on Amud Aleph. Rebbe said, if you, had, if you had barley that you're doing the sisa barley that was soaking in water, as soon as it starts to split, when it's becoming chomet, quickly put it in vinegar, and the vinegar will stop it becoming chomet. So maybe this brisa which said that you can put flour in a dish that's with vinegar because the vinegar stops it becoming and it's Reb Yoisi. ruvas says, no. no, as far as we know, Reb only says the vinegar is effective when it's independent, when it's standalone, alone um, when it's undiluted. But if it's part of a mixture, where do we see? Maybe Reb will hold that it's not strong enough to prevent the, it becoming Chometz. Ula Omar. Ula a different opinion. Ula said. Echot ve echot Whether you put the vinegar in first. And then the flour. Or the flour in first. And then the, begin, the vinegar. also It's forbidden. Because of the following principle. Leich, leich, amrina, naziris, chos, chole, karme, lo, we tell the Nazir. Go around the vineyard. Remember Nazir is not allowed to have any grape produce. So even if it's a Nazir. And it's careful Nazir. Tent, don't walk through a vineyard. You're going to end up in trouble. Walk far or go around. Walk around the vineyard, even though it's a bit more effort. So, so to yeah. Don't put flour in your in your pots in your what you're cooking on Pesach. You're going to end up with trap. You can end up in trouble. Okay, Rav Popi shorile le le de bei reish le mimcha kadayra b'chassisi. Rav Popi allowed the bakers of the reish galusa to. Thicken a pot with flour, if the bechasise with grain that was oven-dried, it had already been cooked. It says, would someone really permit us in a case where there's so many slaves busy? Are they not going to be careful to make sure that that flour was roasted properly before they put it in the in the in the pot. And therefore, according to Rava, he should definitely not allow it. Some say that Rava himself actually used to um, thicken pots with this roasted flour. Okay, let's start the next Mishnah. Okay, let's, start, let's do the next Mishnah and we'll do the Gemara tomorrow. So the Mishnah says... Um, yeah, just interestingly, we're going to see a distinction between up to here vinegar as part of a f- hot dish uh, like that was still cooking. We seem to say that the vinegar speeds up the process. It says, cha You're not allowed to put flour into charoises. Okay, We all know what charoises is, but Rashi elaborates. He says, basically, it's a dish that they would use as a dip. And it, says, and it, was very, it often had a sharp taste from the vinegar. And therefore, the, they would, I think they would want to put flour to dilute the sharp taste. But the problem is the sharp vinegar makes it become hummus. Or into mustard. If you do put flour into the charoises or the mustard, you must eat it immediately. Rebbe Meir says it's forbidden. So that's one point. Um, then, a totally different point, hard to even understand why it's here. You're not allowed to cook the korban pesach in liquids, whether in water or whether any other liquids. You have to, what do you have to do? You have to roast it. It says, but you can smear them or dip it in other liquids and then roast it. May, sorry, shall water that a baker was using, uh, that he like dips his hand in before he rubs the dough or kneads the dough or something like that, um, you must pour it out, because it becomes comets. he gets some dough or some flour spilt in this water and therefore it's comets and it must be poured out. So very strange, this Mishnah started off with the discussion we've been having up till now, mixtures with flour that might become comets. that makes sense. And the last point also seems relevant, the water of a baker must be poured out because maybe the baker got that water he's working with dough and flour and dipping his hands in this water very lightly it became chomet but this middle point of the Koban Pesach what's it got to do with anything? so that's a um, yeah, that's a discussion something to think about maybe I'll mention a point on it tomorrow but we'll leave it here for today